1: Well, hello
0: and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer, and as ever, so delighted to be back with you once again. And if you listened to last week's podcast where I was talking to Jason Beaton, you'll know that we saw changes this year. In the way that people look at booking their vacations, the length of time they want to stay on vacation, the lead time in between deciding they want to go on vacation and the dates they want to go has shortened dramatically. To the extent that I dealt this morning with a request from somebody who's suddenly decided with their family that they wanted to go on vacation tonight for a week. Who does that? Who suddenly decides, right, let's go on vacation and let's go tonight? And we've all got time off work. And it it just blows me away. I'm a great planner. I love to, I, I just find the anticipation of a vacation is often the most exciting part of it. Although I do enjoy every vacation we go on, I love the planning. I love the thinking about it, the thinking about what we're going to see, what we're going to do, all the different activities we can take part in. It's why I've always hated the idea that somebody might surprise me with a vacation. Uh, I remember a friend of mine years and years ago, it was her ruby wedding anniversary, her 40th wedding anniversary, and her husband surprised her on the morning of the vacation with the fact that they were going to Turks and Caicos for a week and they were going diving and she loved to dive. And he had organised her time off work. She had no idea about, and it was all this great surprise. And they went off and had a lovely time. She came back afterwards and said, you know, I, I would have liked to have had a bit more notice because in that entire week, all she was doing was worrying about all the work she'd left behind. However, that aside, I just wanted to sort of, draw attention to the fact, I'm sure you know that you don't need me to draw attention to the fact that people's vacation planning habits are changing. And certainly that episode last week that I did with Jason, where i sort of laid bare how our business suddenly came to a standstill in June of this year and how... Jason and Mike and the big kahuna, which is what they call their digital marketing strategy for us, really saved our summer. So it was quite interesting a number of weeks ago that I saw a uh, a video by another property manager and another property manager in the US, in a US coastal resort, talking about almost exactly the same as I was talking About last week, talking about how vacation habits are changing, how numbers were down, and what he was trying to do to fill those weeks for his owners. Now, I've seen Andy Medic of Sea Change Vacation Rentals on and around the forums and online for many years, and we have chatted backwards and forwards occasionally. And I thought this would be a great time to get him on the show because his his property management company is very similar to mine. We have similar challenges and we deal with it in similar ways. I mean, the big difference is, is that all his properties are in one coastal resort location, whereas ours, as you know, are spread about to the winds, if you like our properties can be as close as you know i've got one that's 5 minutes from my office but i've got another that's 7 hours from my office so we we have a little bit of a difference in terms of managing housekeeping and linen changes and just you know keeping abreast with what's going on at each property however i think as we move into the fall and i'm going to start talking more and more about how to start a property management company Because I'm seeing more and more professional owners, you know, those of you who've been managing your own property um, and properties, now finding that you're being asked by other owners to manage their properties. So during the fall and winter, I'm going to be moving more into helping small property managers find their feet to get off to the greatest start possible to perhaps not make some of the mistakes that I made when I was starting out. And I want to support a number of small managers into really making a huge success of their business. And part of doing that is going to be interviewing other managers who have started small, like like we all do, and talking to them about, you know, what mistakes they made along the way, what they've done that perhaps they would do differently if they were starting over again, and what their successes have been. And Andy is is really the first of the series of property manager specials I'm going to be doing. And this is you know, particularly as we get into the new season of of the podcast after after, after episode three hundred, you're going to be hearing a little bit more about these. So, without further ado, let's move on over and let me introduce you to Andy Medic of Sea Change Vacation Rentals. So, I'm delighted to have with me today Andy Medic of Sea Change Vacation Rentals in Delaware, Delaware Beaches. Welcome, Andy. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Yay, Heather, I'm so excited. I've been a fan of yours for many years. I've listened to the podcast almost since the beginning, and I can't believe I have not opportunity to be on here with you. So thank you very much.
0: You're very, very welcome. It's an absolute delight to have you. So as with everybody who comes onto the podcast. My first question is always very much the same. How did you get into this crazy business in the first place?
1: Uh, you know, I think my story is probably common to a lot of people. We owned a couple of vacation rental properties ourselves as investments, and we've been taking a kind of hybrid approach to managing them. We, were, we had them on Verbo. We also had properties listed with a, a realtor in town, and we found that we were doing a lot of the work ourselves and we transferred the properties to a couple of different um, companies and had similar kind of experiences. I had gotten my real estate license in 2012, and I was working for a sales brokerage and not really comfortable with the fit there. So we noticed in the local news, a, another independent realtor in the area who's been around since the 1950s, they were hiring for the rental department. And um, I thought, why not? Let's give it a go. I worked for that company for six months. So not only was I, that? that company actually They managed our two rental properties. Also, I brought them in with us. So I sat there, it's quite a large rental department, 400 plus properties, uh, 16 rental agents, two rental managers. Uh, I was one of those 16 agents. We all sat in the bullpen and chatted a lot and it was crazy. And I sat there as a complete newbie, as a rental agent and as a property owner. And the just asked a lot of questions. You know, as, an, as a newbie, you're kind of your eyes are wide open and I guess you don't always, you know, is this an appropriate question to ask or not? You're thinking about how do I get my job done. So you just ask the question. Oh, there really is no dumb question. And a lot of the answers just didn't make sense to me relative to the questions the guests were asking me on the phone, sitting there as a property owner myself and just observing. So I'm not knocking that company. They're a great company, run by a great local family. But I pitched them with an idea to reorganize the rental department based on my kind of naive observations. And they said, wow, Andy, great ideas, but we have more business that we can handle. Um, You're doing a great job, but thank you. So I shocked the idea around, landed Keller Williams Realty in our area, which surprisingly did not have a resort rental presence. And due to how Keller Williams is set up, I was able to set up a rental department and I own it, I operate it, and six years later the rest is history with the change vacation rental.
0: Fantastic. So, so tell us a little bit about your your area. Uh, I'm not familiar with uh, with that area. What's uh you know what what's your market? Where's what, what's the demographic of the inbound traveler?
1: So Delaware is pronounced with a question mark at the end. People usually say Delaware. So Delaware is one of the smallest states in in the US, the officially the first state in the US. We are geographically about three hours south of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and about the same driving distance east of the Washington, D.C., Baltimore metropolitan area. So we are pulling primarily both in terms of our property owners here and also our guests We're in primarily from the Philadelphia, Washington, D.C. metro areas. Since Hurricane Sandy, sadly, a few years ago, when the New Jersey shore and part of the New York shoreline was devastated, we picked up. A lot of um, traveling guests that normally would have gone to those areas, they stumbled on the Delaware shore and they'd not stopped coming. So we also pull a significant guest presence from New York, yeah, but pretty much the whole of the New York area in northern New Jersey.
0: So pri- primarily a drive to market then?
1: It is, yeah. We, we get occasionally, we may get uh, an international guest that's flying into usually Philadelphia airport, but most of our guests are drive driving you know philadelphia Sorry, pennsylvania is a huge state mm-hmm. you know, the people that are coming from western pennsylvania you know that for them that's a five plus hour drive and yes thankfully they're still making that drive
0: yeah excellent yeah very much like very much like ours with our you know two to three hour drive from toronto out into our right cottage country area so you know we we, we yeah. do we do get occasional international travelers coming across from Europe, but but predominantly, I would say 90% of our guests come out of of one city. So I guess that's a little bit bit of difference. I see a lot on some of the Facebook groups and forums, comments that I find a little bit concerning when people are talking about managing their properties independently versus putting them with a property manager. And I often see see these replies that say, you know, property managers are all sharks. They don't look after your property. They only care about the bottom line In and in it, they're just looking at your property as a commodity. What do you think, Andy, drives some owners to use a property manager rather than do it themselves? Because there are a lot of owners out there who choose this method of managing their business.
1: Right. Yeah, good question. I actually think there's a couple of questions buried in that. They're really good good points, Eva. So what would choose someone to use a property manager? I- you know, I really think, obviously, we, we charge a fee. We charge a percentage of the gross rent as our, our management fee, essentially. And if you're going to pay somebody part of your rent, you know, you want to see a value add or return on that. So why would you pay somebody versus do it yourself? I, I think it's a couple of things. And, you know, I see consistency when I'm going out and talking to, to new property owners to screen for potential new listings. I think their questions generally and their concerns revolve around a couple of core areas. At time, they may not have enough personal time to do the work involved. Marketing, they don't have the skills or the technical resources to market the property effectively. But they may not even realize that how important marketing is. Money, they feel that maybe they could be earning more money. Maybe there's a way in which they're leaving money on the table. Um, damages, everybody obviously is concerned about. Damages and risk management for damages, and then there's the whole host of the operational workload. Anything from billing and accounting, paying vendors, housekeeping, your cleaning crews, managing the guests' stay in terms of the check-ins, the check-outs, and then maintenance of the property. Not not just to stay ahead of anything that may break and, and spoil and interrupt a guest. But similar things to owning your primary residence. You've got to stay on top of maintenance, not only for the safeguard of the property, but also protect your your investment in the property. So, and I think it's hard. I I put myself in the position of somebody who who may, it may be a second home for them, or it may be an investment property. If they live remotely away from the area where that property is, that vacation property, and they have busy lives, kids, jobs, school systems, I, I couldn't imagine managing a property remotely and and then the other thing that you asked me but so i think that drives people to use a property manager i think it's just the sense of being overwhelmed with the scale of the workload and then during a conversation with a potential property manager maybe they come to realize hey this is more work than i thought These these guys are doing a lot more than i thought was involved in this then the other thing you touched on before that was this the sense of property managers being shot. And I think that comes out from a natural human fear. You know, we're we're kind of, we're afraid of losing something. We're afraid of missing out on something. We're generally afraid of salespeople. And we see if somebody is pitching me their services, you know, it's just a sales thing for them. They're looking to get a quick sale. Well, you and I know that vacation rental management is anything but quick. I mean, we're building sustainable long-term relationships. With our property owners for sure and hopefully with our guests in terms of repeat business. So if we were at all disingenuous in terms of trying to jump on a quick sale and make a quick buck from, from people and not deliver, then you know, that's going to flush out pretty quickly. The proof is in the pudding. Let's mm-hmm. say if you don't deliver on your promises, you know you don't deserve to keep that property
0: next year. Yeah, you may on your website. You make a, a very compelling case actually for for using a property manager. You've got a, a really nice chart, uh, which I, I'll put on the show notes so people could go take a look at that. It's a really nice chart that says you know this, the the reasons um, to use a property manager or the reasons to use you. And and I fi- I found that quite compelling. And I'm actually going to steal some of it. Um, so, so why, why, why do you think people list with, um, with, with you exactly with sea change vacation rentals? What is it that you are doing for your owners that justifies them paying this commission? Although having said that I have found over the years, and, and I'm sure you're, you're able to use this as an argument as well that some of the OTAs are now charging very similar fees. It's getting up there now. Certainly yeah. book, booking.com are charging 15, 12 to 15%. I see the day in the very near future when Airbnb flips their service fee to be charging the owners instead. I mean, they're already doing this in test markets. So it's when they do that, that means it's, it's, coming closer to home and and I see Canada stays who is one of the OTAs that we use in specifically they're they're charging they started with 8% charging owners and this is just to advertise so yeah it's and and, and it's getting up there i know it's going to go higher because they're charging 8% to owners and charging 12 to 15% to guests There's going to be a flip over at some time. So, I mean, for me as a property manager, I'm sure for you, I mean, this this is great. I love this stuff because it makes, you know, what we do to justify our commission so much more compelling.
1: Don't you agree? Yeah, for sure. This is going to be fascinating to watch all this kind of flush out because the choice of listing platforms just grows every day. And there, it, it's even challenging the listing platforms such as Verbo that have been around a lot longer. I have a month where we list our properties on Verbo for our property owners. We pay the listing fees for our property owners. But Verbo, you know, they, they have this guest service, book, booking service fee that they transfer to the guest. And it averages between, well, it ranges between four and 15%, but tends to really stick around 12%. And guests hate it when it comes to charging a fee in a business. You know, it it seems like these companies, like you said, are testing the waters for the fee. But that to me seems like it's flipped around. I mean, it. What's the business justification for the fee in the first place? And and where are the business? Do you drive? Where do you originate your revenue? So is your revenue through recovering a fee for the services you provide? Or is your revenue coming from add-on fees that really are? Let's try this fee to see if it, the guests will stand for this. Let's try that? Fee because there's an opportunity for us to earn X dollars in revenue. So, you know, if some fees are unavoidable, you know, property needs to be cleaned. Somebody needs to pay for a cleaning fee, either it's the owner or the guest. Um, so there has to be some component of a cleaning fee in there. But when it comes to service fees, the business justification has to be really carefully considered and it has to be concisely and clearly disclosed and explained to a property owner or a guest. And I think with all these listed platforms provide a really good service, we use verbo as a really good fee generator. It's We've used them since the beginning, since the outset of the business. And they're still bringing in a very big percentage of first time guests for us. We follow all their rules. We source and book the guests through Verbo. But you know our goal then is to bring that guest off of Verbo and have them rebook directly through our own website. So we, for lots of reasons, but we can save the guests that Verbo 12%. Fee and I, I'm not here to knock any company. But when I have a guest call me angry over that fee, you know, I'm finding that fee hard to justify because I don't see the business case for it other than other than that extra revenue.
0: So, do you think that property owners are still considering vacation rental management companies as commodity businesses?
1: With yes, absolutely.
0: Yeah, how do you see that? How do you see that we can convince them otherwise?
1: I think it all comes down to focus. There's a lot of choice out there for property owners, and I don't think property owners always realize, firstly, that they have a choice. They may have bought a property through a realty company and just defaulted into the rental department in that realty company without really shopping around, and I would encourage everybody to shop around. You do have a choice when you buy a property. You don't have to go. You bought the property through the sales department, not the rental department, so... Sure, you you bought a really important asset. Shop around, challenge all the property managers. You know what are you doing? What sets you apart from X, Y, and Z? And then make the best decision that's the best fit for your need. And you know, you, we. So why would an owner want to list with sea change specifically versus our competition that that in our area? It keeps coming back to me: for focus. Why would you pay somebody to provide a service that you could do for yourself? That's where the question we're asking. So you may, as said earlier, you may be lacking the resources, the time, the skills, the technology. So you're going to approach somebody who's already doing it and doing it at some kind of scale, whether it's two, three properties or whether it's four hundred. And you're going to say, "Okay, what can you do for me? What are you going to charge me? And is that a fair charge for?" what you're providing. So for us, like I keep saying it's focus. we consider every one of our properties to be an individual business in, in, in of its own right, in addition to obviously sea change being the core management business. So we are monitoring every one of our properties as a small business for our property owners because they may or may not realize when you buy a vacation rental property, even if it's a second home and you're just renting it out for a few weeks of summer to cover some of the costs. It is a business, so we are bringing the focus on the operation of the property as a business. So startup costs, making sure the owner understands the nature of the business that they're getting into, so they don't just jump right into it and then right away generate you know those awful one or two, even three star reviews because they don't have the right kitchen knives. And you know it's overwhelming for a property owner. I see that I sometimes get a deer in the head. Like you know, for us to get to the stage in a listing process where we're discussing essentially staging the property to get it ready for market, you know, at that point the property owner is pretty much made the decision they're going to work with us and then, you know, I, I see that, that startled look for them when I'm going through the property with them and I think, oh, hold on, I'm about to lose them, they're panicking here <laughs> and it's like, you know, that's why we're here, we're here to put the structure around this for you and, and for us it all comes down to business and I don't see a lot of, when I talk to property owners and you know, with, I don't want to knock any other company. There's a good fit for everybody. But if I look at it at the industry as a whole in our area, even as an industry professional, I kind of struggle with, with this industry here because there doesn't seem to be a lot of focus for it. And that's the value add that we add. And then, the, you know, there are things behind that that are our, our competitive edge. Uh, I come from a back a corporate background prior to moving to the beach. I did corporate business and systems analysis, state of design work. And my most recent clients, I was with Marriott, International Headquarters in Washington, D.C. for eight years. And my clients there were the uh, meal management, the revenue management group, and the marketing group. So I brought lessons I learned there directly into, into the creation and the operation of teacher Educational land We Up until this year, we've been practicing dynamic rate pricing manually. I have had tons of individual spreadsheets, one for a property and then one big spreadsheet for the whole company. We're, so essentially dynamic rate pricing for those not familiar with that concept. We're basically monitoring the booking patterns, guest booking patterns. When are they booking? How soon before arrival? How much are they paying? So it's essentially it's a way of monitoring the guest booking patterns to optimize the um, revenue first and occupancy second. So I train our property owners; they're all concerned about occupancy. I say, look at your revenue first, and then obviously occupancy is about bellwether of revenue. But we produce income projections during the listing process with an owner, and then we keep those listed in uh, those rate projections, revenue projections, and we use those to manage that property as a business. whole rental year. That's our value add.
0: I love that approach. You know, the, the whole idea of, of working with each independent owner, each individual owner, as, as, a, as a business in its, in its own right, very much the way we do it. It's one of our selling points when we say, you know, you are unique. Every property is unique. You're not just a commodity. And, right. and I think with anybody who's thinking about starting out in this business, you've got to come from that foundation of what can you offer your owners that makes them feel special. And that's, you know, you're not a consolidator type. It's not a consolidator type of approach where it is basically a commodity. It's far more of a unique package. So I, I love that. So in in your location, and you've been there, been in business for for. For how many years? Seven, seven, eight years now.
1: So, sea change vacation rentals has been in existence for six years, but I've personally owned vacation rental properties for oh gosh, since I'd say ten years.
0: Yeah. So, what what changes have you seen, particularly in your location? What what's? I mean, we know about technology, how technology is changing so fast. I've I've just been on a panel judging twenty startups. Wow for the um for the vacation rental uh, world summit in como in italy and they've um, and rentals united have been running this competition for startups and the three finalists who will present at vrws have uh, have just been announced but it was so interesting going through those 20 startups just like wow all these different things that people are thinking up to support our industry so so i know technology is changing amazingly fast we have to keep up with that but what else have you have you seen changing
1: I think if I had to sum up all the changes in in, in one statement, I would say the guest is firmly in control of this business now. And, you know, you could could always make the argument to a certain extent that's always the case, but there's no way now with technology, with online reviews and social media and all this stuff, there's just no way that a hospitality-based industry can hide from guest feedback. And guests are – I've seen the change in just – just the 10 years, I've owned vacation rental properties, but it's really speeded up in the past three years in particular. You know, Our, our guests are, they're, they're originated in, in metropolitan areas and they're coming to the beach. And, you know, there's always a little bit of a, a kind of a mismatch, potential for a mismatch there and mismet expectations because I think many guests don't realize that these little beach towns sit at the end of a, there's a big area of rural landscape between the Delaware beaches and the the metropolitan areas where our guests are coming from. But when they get to the beach, you know, they're finding, because of customer demand, they're finding great restaurants and retail and and that kind of thing, but they don't realize that essentially we're still small rural towns. So guest demands and guest expectations have really, I think, are really stressed in this local vacation rental industry and and demanding and pushing this, this industry to get better, to improve the qualities, Self regulate, and you can't hide from the guest feedback. It's instant. Sometimes during a guest stay, they may go online and post their review during the stay. So, yeah, for sure, that's the biggest change. And I think that's driving everything else technology, interior design, fill in, everything. It's all being driven by guest demand. And a savvy owner, we're working with our property owners. Obviously, we do the work for them, but we're interested in working with property owners who get that, who realize that. We may be managing a piece of real estate for you, but we're in the hospitality business, essential. At the most, we're, we are operating at the intersection of hospitality and real estate. We want to get technical, but it's the hospitality component that that's, that's most important, and guests are increasingly looking, I think, for hotel-type amenities in individual, albeit unique, properties. They want the comfy beds and the flat-screen TVs and the decent set of kitchen knives. There's no tolerance. For that old-time kind of slower, lower um, charm now of a rundown beach cottage, it's not going to cut
0: it. Oh, I so agree with you. I still see the rundown cottages up here in Ontario, and the owners yeah. and the owners who are saying, "Well, you know, my 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 neighbor's been renting on Airbnb, and he's getting X amount per week, and I can I you know I expect to do the same." And that, you know that that mentality is still there, and I think. You know, you you call it a rundown beach cottage or our rundown lake cottage, where the where the mentality is, it's just a cottage. What 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 do they want? And and of course, our right. job is to tell them the owners exactly what guests want now.
1: Yeah, I, and the example I always use with with uh, when I meet a new property owner, I say, you know, your guests, and I always stress your guests because they are your guests. We may bring them in, but they are your guests in terms of hospitality. Your guests are going to do a lot of cooking. Let's let's take a look at your kitchen. And they never believe me. The guests cook on vacation, and I just wish they could see the guests. Well, I wish they could they could sit in on the guest conversations in the weeks right enough to check it. When guests are calling and asking, "Is there a crockpot? What type of coffee maker is, it? is there? This and that? How big is the uh, roasting pan?" People are asking these questions even for a vacation in the middle of hot scorch in August. You know, not just a Thanksgiving booking. They they want to know that they can they can cook decent meals. And the cars are loaded up with groceries when they arrive. Mm-hmm. So you have to think as an owner. You know, if you only come down to your property for the same two weeks every year and you never visit, you you may be happy with bringing a lot of kitchen supplies with you in the car for your guests and not. They yeah. want that property outfitted.
0: Yeah, we had our, our our request of the week last week was for an electric egg beater.
1: <laughs> I haven't had that one yet. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we've had a Do uh, you have an electric egg beater, a pineapple corer, an apple slicer? We we have this long list of things that we have <laughs> been asked for, and uh, it it gets interesting. I haven't yet been asked for a spiralizer. <laughs> you know that's that's one of those you know things yeah, that, but- that that makes a zucchini into pasta. Apparently, pasta.
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. I see the infomercials. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so, so let, let let's stick with this topic at the moment. You know, you're you're telling your owners that you know it's a hospitality business. How do you work with them to to help them maximize on uh, to maximize the maximize a return on that investment and to stand out in a crowded market?
1: So obviously, we go to a property. I mean, we do our sort of covert intelligence work. And we gather us so if I got a phone call property owner and you were thinking of renting our property whether it's for the first time or whether they're coming back into the market or maybe they may be switching companies because I'm happy for some reason I do a little bit of research I check out see what I can find online I set the property up we meet the owner at the property do a walkthrough and then there's always that touchy conversation if you're gonna make recommendations whether it's in terms of how they're gonna maximize their rates and revenue and occupancy or whether it's a conversation sometimes maybe the property comparatively doesn't match the standards. Of the property is already in your inventory. Well, you have to sets of clients to worry about there. If, if you're going to take a property that doesn't meet the market standard, i.e. your standards, that's going to negatively affect all the other properties in, in your inventory. And it, it could affect the revenue for your existing owners. So, you know, it's, it's sometimes it well, it's always, it's always a touchy conversation when you meet with an owner. So we focus. Heavily on, on design at the outset, we walk a property and, you know, this This to me is the same, you know, I'm a licensed realtor and, and I, I do some sales. It's not a lot because it takes me away from my vacation rental business. But when I go to a property for a sales list and, you know, you're advising the owner on the same thing, do this, this and this, and you can maximize your revenue. It's never a comment on the owner's personal taste. It differs a little bit if I'm talking to somebody who, who the property is a second home for them versus somebody that just is buying one, two, many properties as investments to put into vacation rental. But it's the same kind of conversation. It's walking the property and it's saying, these are going to be your startup costs. Get this property to the point where I think you can get this type of revenue for the summer season, this type of revenue for a shoulder season or even a, a winter rental. It's putting the focus at the outset what they need to do to get the rates I'm recommending. And not everybody wants to hear that, and that's okay. There's plenty of um, choices around. And I guess it's asking a lot of questions. It's asking somebody in history, why did you call? And that's what, I'm, what I mean by that is not how did you hear about us, even though I am interested in that. It's why did you particularly call? Are you unhappy with something right now? Do you feel like you're... Your occupancy is off. Did you take a look at your neighbor's house on on Verbo and and that blew you away? And you're wondering how they're getting occupancy and you're not. So why are we having this conversation? And that helps me kind of target and help them get the most out of that listing conversation. Because if it's not a good fit, why waste anybody's time? If they're happy with their income, but they don't understand. You know, there, there's always that kind of disparity when somebody could say, I'm happy with my income. And then I say, well, you know, your neighbors are getting... Twice these rates, by let's let's take a look at their listing on Verbo, and they go well, happy link and I say, well, could be earning that right away. Then that's not a good fit for me if they're already performing under under um, potential. Then I don't see a good reason for them to come and work with us. Mm-hmm. What what can we add to that?
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's it's all. I'm I'm really interested to to hear your take on this because you know owner acquisition is, you know, for, for every property manager, it, it's a driver of our business. If we don't have good owners, then we don't have anything to give to the guests that are coming to our website. It's as simple as that. And and I know from, you know, we've been in business for 15 years now. And and I remember at the outset, we were taking on absolutely everything and anything, anything that went, you know, we, we'd have it. If, if another company didn't want you, but will have you, uh, we we have been able to change those practices over the past uh, five or seven years, and, and be much more selective now in just the way that you were describing. Yeah, because it's all about the relationship, isn't it? It's about you've got to have that yeah. that great relationship with the owner to make it work across the board.
1: Yeah, and you know it, the questions I get most often when I'm talking to a to an owner initially. Obviously they're asking, how much is this going to cost me? They all, they pretty much all ask, how many properties do you have right now? And how many do you intend to have? Because they're trying to assess how, I, what kind of attention are you going to give me? Am I going to get value for money here? And my sales answer, my kind of cheeky answer is, well, how many properties do you really care about? One, right? You care about your property. But my real business answer is we're at 50 properties right now, five zero. We started out with five properties, two of them we owned and we had Three very brave homeowners come on with us the first season. And we've grown that to 50 properties now in six years. And it's been a, a disciplined, organic growth. We have turned down opportunities. Why would we turn down a listing? It's almost, well, it is always, it's always an owner fit. Sometimes we're not a good fit for that owner, and I could sense that. But, you know, to flip that on its head, if an owner doesn't see their property as an investment, then that's not a good fit for us we are very driven by by the numbers here. We operate this business very efficiently. And if an owner doesn't want to bring the property up to a standard, then we pass on it. We've also passed on properties. We had the opportunity a couple of years ago to pick up two two beautiful oceanfront properties. And in our geography here in Delaware, an oceanfront property is a rarity. Usually they're ocean views here. So two oceanfront properties, uh, large properties, six bedrooms each. And the owner wanted us to cut our commission to 10%. And it's just not. The margins are so tight anyway. And that's all that was important to the owner. So, you know, if that's if we're just shopping on price alone, continue shopping. You know, if, if, if we don't make the case for our value add or it's not perceived, then that right away is not a good fit. And we don't take the property. Even though we are, I have a number of properties in mind I want to grow this this business too. I have. Set objectives that I want to achieve with this business, which is why I started it initially. But I'm not driven by that number. I'm, I'm, I'm driven by the answer that we're the service that we're providing, and I want to make sure mm-hmm. that our our service model is scalable, and we're not we're not diluting it and putting our current owners at risk if we take too much too quick. We will never be 400, 500 profits. I can guarantee you that. I don't feel the need for that.
0: Oh, I yeah, I I completely agree. I mean, we, we're at 180 now, and we we've always said, you know, our cap is 200. I don't want right. any more than that. You know, we we've got a, a, a full complement of staff. We all work from home. It works perfectly at this level. I remember being at um, we we had what we call the tipping point at around 30, when it was just my uh-huh. business partner and I working the business, and it's just like, oh, you know, we we we've got to start taking on staff, or do we just you know, just just right. carry on at this level. And and we made some, you know, hard business decisions at that time. But I think that's important at the outset is to to know where you want to go. And yeah. to
1: have your business people say, have your exit plan in mind at the outset.
0: Yes. Yes. Ab- absolutely. So so no, you know, if you want there's no problem no no issue with growing to four hundred or a thousand properties. Nah. You know, yeah. if you want to be- Good luck. You know, if you want to be a Steve Milo of this world, you know you you can you just keep growing and keep lean and and do what you have to do, but know where you want to be at the outset. Right. And I think you know if I was giving if, if I'm giving advice to to a a, a a startup, it's just you really think where you want to go when you start right. out, and yeah. def- you know, definitely have that five year, if not a ten year plan to. We we'll
1: to- had we'll it two, two years ago we turned down the opportunity to buy a vacation rental business in another town about 10 miles away from us, another one of our beach towns. And that had 120, I think there were about 126 properties. They had a lot of really good quality inventory in the properties. They had a good um, book of re- return guests. Uh, and we, we came very close to buying that. At the time, we were only at 27 properties. And we kind of got cold feet on it thought of going from 27 properties to what would that have been, you know 150 overnight, the scalability that we decided that was not a good idea mm-hmm. and they've had the same loyal staff in there for 30, some of them 30 years, you know with an ownership change at that point I was really afraid going into a summer season, we would lose their staff and there's no way at the time that our staff in could have coped 200 properties, 150 and in retrospect I'm glad we didn't buy that business you know, it just too much too soon
0: yes and uh, you know that the, there is that too you've got to consider you know your, your yourself and how you feel and how how it's the, the personal aspect of of any business decision as well
1: well i didn't realize to give you an example you know back two years ago you know our, our business processes have come you know, they've evolved as our experience has gotten richer and we started i think with a really good footing but there were things that we had no idea we were getting into and and We had to make hard decisions. Are we going to continue to to do this, to offer this service? Are we going to, are we going to contract it out? And we had to take it. And this is the, you asked me about advice for people getting into this industry and starting a property management firm. Be really clear on, on where your line of revenue is. So as opportunities come up, you know, you can evaluate it and say, am I, am I best skilled, resourced, financed to take on this commitment? Can I deliver the, the client satisfaction by doing this myself or should i contract with a housekeeping company or a maintenance you know a handyman service or are we going to hire staff and do it internally and you know a lot of those things we didn't realize two years ago when we declined to buy this company we didn't realize that we were we were kind of struggling to figure that out now two years on you know we're at the point where there are things in my business frankly at this point that i don't know how to do and i'm 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 I'm, I'm comfortable with that i have good staff working for me or you know, we all work in the same open plan office. I keep an eye on it, but these guys are doing great work without me being involved. Yeah. And two years ago I didn't I didn't realise that I was running around like a headless chicken from the all that myself or just
0: busy doing it. Yeah, we, we are sort of getting close to at the end of our time here. And the, the time has gone really, really quickly, Andy. So I just want to skip now to big question. If you were giving advice to somebody wanting to start up a property management business, what are the three most important pieces of advice you'd give?
1: I feel like I'm a broken record on this. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> be really clear on the business aspect. And that really, taps into your why. Why do I want to do this? Why do I want to pick this particular business to run? Why now? Why am I providing the services that my business is going to provide? Why am I not going to do certain things? So it's just not enough to say, you know, the feel-good thing, we like to help people. We're people-orientated. That's great. Of course, you have to be in this business. But that's not going to sustain you when it gets tough. And it's going to get tough pretty fast. You're going to be faced with having to make a tough decision and you know, there's nothing like having a, a disappointed guest uh, in your face on, on a busy turnover day and you realize, oh my gosh, I, I forgot to schedule the housekeeping. No, you, you, you've just got to be clear up front on the business aspect of what you're doing. Otherwise, you're just doing a You know, if you don't know where your revenue is coming from in a business, it's just a very expensive, unpaid hobby. And don't go into business if, if it's a hobby, it's a business. Yeah. So the other, yeah, I, I touched on revenue, be clear on where your revenue is coming from. And as the business starts to grow and evolve, I touched on that earlier. We, for example, you know, we we use this term property managers, property management, and it means slightly different things to different people. And our guests are, we are being pushed heavily in the direction of property management versus rental management. And I actually got that light bulb from you. I heard this on, on your podcast a few weeks ago, uh, an experience that you'd had at a, at a um, speaking event. And mm-hmm. he said, We are mainly in the business of rental management, not property management, because of the vast distances between our properties. And, you know, that's fine. You know your area, I don't. In our area, our properties are a lot closer together, and we are being pushed in it. Or I realized, wow, the light bulb came on, and I thought, We're being pushed heavily into property management, and we're struggling with the resourcing on that. So guests are, they're demanding it, obviously, because they want. Guests are, it's no longer acceptable. If something crops up during a seven night stay, for example, you can no longer say, Well, hey, how about I get a handyman come in uh, after you check out during the four hour turnover window so I don't need to be should stay? No, they want to fix the same day. So you have to make a decision as a as a company, do I outsource that? Do I hire a, a- a handyman to take on property management work. so that, And then the owners are expecting it. I've realized that. There's never even a conversation with an owner. They're just expecting when they live three hours away that you're going to be taking care of this. So how do you account for that? Who's paying for that service? Is that coming out of your feet? It's hard when you're setting up a company to look into a crystal ball to realize you may be facing those issues of scalability very quickly. And that touches really into my third point about growth. Be really sure about why you're entering into the business. Have a plan for the niche that you saw in the market and be clear on the problem or the issue that your business exists to solve and protect that. When you're offered growth opportunities, evaluate, is that a good fit? Don't be afraid to turn it down if it's not. I think that's... Don't be afraid of... Sorry.
0: I was just going to say, I th- I think that is just such a great piece of advice because it took me a long time to uh, to learn to say no, and I think in retrospect, one of that's one of the things. If I was doing if I was doing this all over again, I would not be so quick to say yes at the outset because I just wanted the inventory, and certainly for somebody new into the Bye. industry, don't say yes just because you want the inventory because it will come back to bite you.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm the I'm the revenue manager for the for the business, and it's you know when I'm deep down in the numbers and I'm thinking, gee, I'm looking at a property potential, and I think you know you drive down the street, you see this beautiful property, think, are, what I could do with that property for the owner. It's not currently rented, and then I look at the numbers and I think, why with that additional revenue coming in, I can put a handyman on on salary. You know, I don't I don't have to have the overhead right now. We have to physically schedule a handyman for certain days and try to sort of collate any minor things up in those days when we schedule. You know, if, if I could bring in 10 more properties, I could put him on salary five days a week. I could um, buy that nice 50 new piece of software I've had my eye on. You know, that's without really thinking of, could we cope with that? You know, do we have do we have the agents? Just, you know, the, the money comes in from the reservations. Do we have the reservations available to handle the properties that I have my eye on? Because... I want to add a handyman to payroll.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting stuff, Andy. Um, We're going to have to call it a day because our time is up. And I just wanted to thank you so much i mean i know there was so much else we wanted to talk to you about and maybe as we go into the fall and and i spend a little bit more time and concentrate a little bit more more on on building some training materials which we're doing for for new managers maybe we get the opportunity to to come back and chat again and um and be focused on some of the other things that we missed out
1: sure i would love to thank you so much i i have been a long time fan of a view of your podcast our business is forever benefited and changed due to direct advice that, that we hear on your podcast well staff to your podcast.
0: <laughs> thank you thank you so okay. much andy and now your your advice is out there as well now
1: well thank you i i am on it and uh, i really appreciate coming on this uh, podcast thank you you're very uh, welcome. i hope i can be of, uh, of help
0: <laughs> you're very welcome andy There's, something, there's always something so reassuring about talking to a fellow property manager and hearing that what we experience on a day-to-day basis is just what they experience too. So, you know, it's it's like I'm not alone. I'm not alone out there. We all experience this stuff and it doesn't matter if you if you're just managing your own property or you're managing 5 or 10 or in Andy's case 50 or in my case 180, we all have the same issues. So, it's it's just as I say, reassuring to know that uh, that we're not alone. Everyone else out there, every property manager, every owner is dealing with these similar issues. So so that's it for this week. I will post information on sea C- change vacation rentals in the show notes. Go take a look. Go take a look at the really great graphic that Andy's got for letting new owners know what it is that his company can do for them because i as, as i said in the discussion i found that really compelling and and it's you know we're, we're creating some new stuff for our owners now and i think um that as i said to to andy um could be poaching a little bit of that so um as ever it's been an absolute pleasure Uh, having you with me today. And thank you to Andy for joining me. And I'll be with you again next week.
1: This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over, but don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business.